Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Fitness Vita podcast. I am your host and certified personal trainer, Eric Manthe. This is episode number five. Let's talk about coronavirus. Now, before we get into the talk about the coronavirus, I want to say up front, I am not a doctor. I am by no means dispensing medical advice about the coronavirus or anything else for that matter. And I encourage you to seek advice from your trusted family health practitioner regarding anything coronavirus or anything I say here in this episode. This episode is to try and simply make sense of all the reports and madness that seems to be polluting the media these days. While I do try and choose reliable sources when quoting the medical field, please understand that I am simply quoting, not stating the last and most important word of the moment. At, the po- at this point, today recording the show, the virus is still considered new, with much conflicting information being posted all over, and as of today, there is no known cure for it yet. Okay. So legalities out of the way, let's go ahead and get into the show. As I sit here today recording this episode, it's March of 2020. Right now, I'm pretty sure that if you're alive, I would hope so if you're listening to this episode, I'm pretty sure the word coronavirus is taking up some kind of real estate inside your mind at this point. If you go online, The madness is pretty much everywhere. Facebook and Instagram feeds are chock full of ads for face masks, as well as your friends and foes' opinions on the matter and how they're going to handle it. Costco and Walmart in some places are limiting the amount of toilet paper and paper towels and other items that you can buy all at once. So I guess you could say in some places, it seems like they've already gone into full panic mode. I've also heard somewhere that the term prepper, as in doomsday preparation, has been trending hot on YouTube lately, sometimes up to three and four thousand times higher than an average day in those search terms. Responses have been mixed and wide ranging from the president of the United States being quoted as saying, it's no big deal. And in the opposite end of the spectrum, as of this week, CNN has released an article titled, why CNN is calling the coronavirus outbreak a pandemic. That's a really, really catchy headline. The article goes on to state the following, and I do quote from CNN. The specific criteria for a pandemic are not universally defined, but there are three general criteria. One, a virus that can cause illness or death. Two, sustained person-to-person transmission of that virus. Three, Evidence of spread throughout the world. I I guess at this point we could say that that is true. Now, the article goes on to say the CDC says a pandemic is, quote, an epidemic that has spread over several countries or continents, usually affecting a large number of people. While an epidemic is, quote, an increase, often sudden in the number of cases of a disease above what is normally expected in that population in that area, end quote. Okay, so to me, that's pretty interesting. The first thing that comes to mind is where there is absolutely no one reporting on what's going on in America. 
So yes, I know you can't compare the two, but meanwhile, while this is going on with the coronavirus, since November, there has been 34 to 49 million people affected by the seasonal flu. 350 to 620,000 of those people have actually been hospitalized. And they're saying right now there's anywhere between 20 to 52,000 deaths. Um, last time I double checked, that number grew by more than 4,000 people in less than two weeks. So, yeah, I know what you're probably thinking. This is comparing apples to oranges, but to me, it seems like the regular old seasonal flu is doing a good job of acting like its own pandemic of sorts, if you could call it that in the first place. With that information aside, the reason why this virus is being looked at as such a big deal is because the death rate is much higher than that of the regular old seasonal flu. You're looking at 0.05% compared to 2.6% estimate with the coronavirus. And these are just rough estimates, but either way, it's it's five to six times more deadly in, in the uh, short term of things. This seems to be the information that is freaking everybody out. Yes, coronavirus is five to six times more deadly than the seasonal flu. However, like the seasonal flu, many experts agree that the most susceptible to the virus are those that are old, over 50, or those that have respiratory issues. Now, again, I did talk about this earlier, but as of the time of this podcast, there is not currently a vaccine for coronavirus. Currently, countries all over the world are struggling to contain the virus, and it's causing mass freakout among almost every aspect of daily life on this planet. The stock markets are plunging, oil prices are crashing, the airline industry is just starting to make what could become the first of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of flight cancellations. Meanwhile, many governments across the world are banning mass gatherings, and that's already affected the popular Coachella Festival, as well as a complete cancellation of South by Southwest in Austin that was supposed to go on this month. Every single media reporting outlet is using a different dramatic way to pitch this virus to you, the general public, as one of the worst things since polio. I don't know. I'm not a professional, and I guess time will tell on this one. But to me, it doesn't really seem like it's going to work out to be that bad. Sometimes, though, the messages do become pretty overwhelming to try and start to filter all out. So... What now? Do we just stay inside and wear a mask and rubber gloves when we go out all the, as little as possible? What's your plan? How can we take steps to make our lives a little more livable, not only for us, but for those around us that might be at a little higher risk of the virus, even if it doesn't affect us in the short or the long term? All right. So that is basically my spiel on the coronavirus. Hopefully I've done a job where I didn't move you into more of a form of panic. Um, that really isn't my goal with this. Um, I personally am not taking this any differently, but yes, I am washing my hands a little bit more and not interacting with my clients as, as I normally would. So short term, what can you do that will be very effective in helping you to ward off the coronavirus in the short term? I've sat and I've sat and I've sat and I've kind of combed over the internet for the past couple of days while I pull up some research for this episode. 
And these are some of the tips that kind of keep popping up that seem to be the general trend that I don't know too many experts that aren't backing as well. Number one most popular tip, of course, is wash your hands frequently, especially when you're in public touching anything. Hand sanitizer works well, so if you can keep one of those little tubes in your pocket, that would be just great. Number two, do not touch your face anywhere, especially your mouth, eyes, or nose. This is the probably number one way that you can infect yourself, especially if you are out in public touching things. So to recap, this is the easiest way to spread the virus. Do not touch your mouth, eyes, or nose. Number three, if you think that you might be sick, if you have any flu-like symptoms, if you're not feeling great, please do not go out in public or mass gatherings. And if you do have to go out in public, please watch what you touch. That's, that's going to be a, the big key of spreading it to other people because obviously not everybody's going to be not touching their mouth, eyes, and nose. That is a pretty popular habit. So um, if you could also refrain from touching things, that makes it great. If you do have to cough or sneeze, please do so into your arm, into your armpit, onto your shoulder, somewhere where it's not going to go out into the air. One of the newest, hottest terms is to practice social distancing. I like this one. They're kind of enforcing this in some countries and making this the norm. And then there are other countries that are doing this by chance. But basically, social distancing is not going into public in large groups. Concerts, fairs, music festivals, and for the meantime, sporting events are all kind of going to be off limits. And we're, we're going to kind of self-quarantine with this. And I hope that that really works. Um, you can also immediately boost your immune system and how well your body will fight off these, these uh, virus germs or bacteria if they get into you by taking vitamin C. It always worked for me when I used to live back in Colorado. We would have rapid southern uh, or sudden changes in the weather and you would get sick a lot. So I would take vitamin C and I noticed that my sicknesses were really, really short um, the times that I did get sick at all. Also, the last tip that I can give you is drink lots of water. Keep lots of water in your system. Water is the lifeblood of your system and it allows it to run its most efficiently. So drink lots of water. Those couple of tips are the best thing that you can do. Now, is it really that hard? It doesn't seem like it has to be, but again, I'm not a doctor, so I'll leave that one to the professionals. I have spent a lot of time lately reviewing many doctors' thoughts, and to be honest, I don't see many of them freaking out as much as the media wants you to believe you should be. However, most of them are giving the same exact tips that we just laid out for you here. So that's on the short term, but if you're like me, I don't like getting sick at all. So let's take a look at some ways that you can change your lifestyle where you can actually lower your chances of getting sick on a daily basis quite a bit just by putting in a little bit of extra effort. According to a WebMD article, the number one thing that you can do 
is exercise. Exercise is the single most important thing you can do to reduce sick days. You don't have to live at the gym to get these perks either. People who exercise for 30 to 60 minutes most days of the week have a 46% reduction in the number of days of illness compared to those who don't exercise. Number two, which carries over as the number two or the number one tip from the coronavirus short term is wash your hands a lot. This is where germs and viruses live and this should be pretty much self-explanatory. Number three, one of the most important, eat a large variety of foods so that your body is getting a huge, huge intake of essential vitamins, minerals, proteins, fats, everything that it needs in order to be its strongest to continue to fight off potential sicknesses. And the very last thing that you can do, I know this one is probably also one of the hardest things that people can do, especially as busy as we are in today's world, but get lots of quality sleep. Six to eight hours is the optimal time needed in order for your body to replenish itself and work strong for the upcoming day. So if you can get really good at doing just those four easy things, exercise, wash your hands, eating a large variety of foods, and trying to get at least six to eight hours of sleep each night, I can guarantee you, this is what I do for a living, your life and the quality of your life will greatly improve in so many aspects. It will almost be unbelievable to you. And on top of what it'll do for you on a daily basis, you will be sick much less than those who do not take the time to take their health and wellness in a more proactive fashion. And with that, my friends, that wraps up another edition of the Fitness Vita podcast. I sure hope that you enjoyed listening as much as I do creating this for you. Make sure to subscribe and like the show on the major podcast hubs, including Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Podcast. Please check back on Fridays for another edition of my Fitness Friday Quick Tip series. Until next time, Pura Vida. <laughs>